0: and welcome to the cool takes podcast the only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good actually every week we mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular or unliked movie in the uh in oh fuck i messed up the second half of that every single time we just rebranded our podcast a little bit i've got a new thing i'm memorizing no worries takes two takes every week Every week we I believe ex- in you. We mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular or unliked movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having bad taste. My name is Jackson McMurray.
1: My name is Adeline Ancient Skeleton McMurray. Mm.
0: And usually we are joined by Keija Rhodes, but instead today we have a very special guest in the form of Adam Lance Garcia. Adam, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Adam Lance Garcia. That's my name. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>
2: in that order. <laughs> in that order, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I have, to go profe- I have to use my full name professionally because there's a, a, an actor named Adam Garcia who recently oh, appeared in Death on the Nile. Uh, so, yeah. There's a, I have a lot of fans in the Philippines who think I'm really cool because they can't tell the difference between us. Oh. Two, <laughs> we, we, ha- we are two white guys with brown hair so that's a
1: freebie you can just take that
2: yeah oh trust me i've gotten a lot of tags of a shirtless adam garcia i'm like adam you look great i'm like man i wish i
1: did (laughs) you're like yeah uh wouldn't that be nice Mm.
2: that would be so nice but uh yeah thank you so much for having me i'm happy to be here uh and uh, i'm happy to uh gaslight your audience which is a sentence i never thought i'd say
0: yeah (laughs) do you want to do you want to uh talk about what you're working on right now if there's anywhere you want to point people right up front Oh, sure
2: yeah uh well uh i am the uh writer producer of the green llama audio drama which uh recently just wrapped uh its first season uh all of which was available on apple podcast spotify and uh audible and uh, i already mentioned audible uh did i mention audible i mentioned audible Now I did. But it's on uh, basically every podcast format. It is a full cast audio drama based on a Buddhist superhero from the 1940s. Uh, I've been writing the character for well over a decade now uh, in prose and now in uh, radio uh, format because I wanted to do what the original creator did. The original creator uh, did prose. I wanted to do prose. He did radio dramas. I wanted to do radio dramas. Uh, it's really exciting. The finale is uh, produced in Dolby Atmos for a fully immersive experience. Um, I produced it with my co-producer, uh, Steele Philippeck, um who is... The best, and we have just an amazing cast uh, with John Marco Ceresi, Sarah Smithton uh, as the two leads. We have Deanna Aber, Justin Torres, uh, Mark Bradley Miller, uh, Ben Mendoza, uh, Brett Druck, who uh, I don't want to spoil who he plays, um, <laughs> and just uh, the Wolverine. A, a wonder, yeah. <laughs> he's not, yes, he's Wolverine. Uh, and th- we also have an amazing score by uh, Brian Metolius, who just made the series, and Josh Wilson is our sound designer. Um, who the series would not be possible without him um, I'm naming all these people because uh, the one thing that I think is always lost upon uh, creative endeavors like this is that it's not just one person it is, it is an army that creates them and mm. I was uh, very very lucky to uh, have built an army of uh, just amazingly talented people <laughs> and uh, they would have they made this thing happen um, other things you can know about me uh, I'm also uh, as mentioned I have a series of Lama, a uh, Green Llama novels. Uh, I am a uh, have another comic, co- uh, graphic novel coming out, which I'm not sure I can talk about just yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's been sent to the editor, and I'm very excited about it's that. It's the Wolverine.
3: <laughs> it's also the
2: Wolverine. Everything <laughs> is the Wolverine. Uh, and uh, my day job is I work for Condé Nast, and I interview celebrities for a living. It is a weird job, and I don't know how I got it, um, but it is. It is. I am paid to do the thing. We all kind of wish we could do. Um, <laughs> I have. To, I, I, I. It is so. It is a dumb job, and I say that we <laughs> love. it. It's a dumb job. Everyone's digging. Like I could dig ditches, but I. I'm like, well, gotta talk to Sebastian Stan now. So. <laughs> yeah. you know. So
0: speaking of. Today, yes. we are talking about Steven Spielberg's masterpiece, Indiana Jones and the yes. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There's I would Magnum be Alter. remiss if I didn't ask, do you have any good anecdotes about
2: any of the cast of this movie in your work? Has anybody come up? Uh, have I ever... Uh, my my only Steven Spielberg anecdote was uh, my girlfriend at the time had a, uh, a place out in the Hamptons because <laughs> her parents were doctors. And we're at dinner, and then she's like... And Steven Spielberg's over there with Kate Capshaw, and I, <laughs> over and I, just, and I just froze, and I sat at my desk uh, at the uh, at the table, just stone cold silent, and I could I didn't know what to do. He's like, "Well, why don't you go up and say hi?" I'm like, "He's having dinner," uh, but I was just kind of like locked in, and terrified. Uh, the other uh, creator of this series, uh, I did meet George Lucas. Um, that mm-hmm. was. Um, one of my favorite anecdote about this one is, and this is, this is 100% real, it was my uh, <laughs> senior, um, senior year of co- college, and I was at NYU, and there was a rumor going around uh, that Lucas was going to be showing up to promote uh, THX 1138. Um, I happened to work for people within uh, TISH that could uh, knew about it, and somehow it came to me, I can't remember exactly how, but I went to my boss and I'm like, is it true? And like, we can't comment. We can't comment. And then I got, went to another one of my bosses. And he's like, I can't say anything. But if I were you, I would be down at this floor, at this room, at mm. this time.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I happened to be in that. So Lucas was there. And I sit next to this guy. And it's, uh, he starts talking to me. And it's, it's, it turns out to be Walter Murch, mm. um, who's a very talented sound designer. Uh, and filmmaker in, in his own right, uh, Return to Oz still freaks me out to this day. Ooh, um, we love yeah.
1: Return to Oz.
2: Yeah, and then uh, so Lucas comes in. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting the most important part part of it. <laughs> I found out that the time that I was getting, this thing was happening was around the time the first my first class of that semester was going to happen for an animation class, and. I think this is going to tell you a lot of what you need to know about me is that I was so conflicted, I did not want to miss class, <laughs> but I really wanted to meet to George meet Lucas. George
0: Lucas.
3: <laughs> so, I,
2: so I called my mother, and I was yeah. like, Mom, what do I do? And she said, like, Adam, what the fuck? Go meet George Lucas. <laughs> And I met George Lucas. Right. And it was great. It was like I got to shake his hand. I still have a, a signed uh, copy of THX 1138. Um, oh, I have to be cool. like, look, you're, you're the reason I'm here. Like Star Wars is uh, the reason I went into film and and this industry, this creative industry. Um, and I got to thank him uh, for for that. And that was my uh, that was my George Lucas story.
0: That's excellent. So yeah.
1: That's fun. Yeah. So uh,
0: uh, today we're like I said, we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I, uh, I want to kind of go around the horn because I, I've seen a lot of the Indiana Jones... I've seen all the other Indiana Jones movies, but this was my first time actually watching this one. Not to, like, really? date myself as a young person too terribly, but... Oh, this Jackson, movie,
1: don't, don't let me talk yet. That,
0: <laughs> this movie came out when I was in, like, seventh grade, I think. Um, I'm
2: gonna go now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> and
0: I think that, like, at that time, even in middle school when, like, everything that's, like, pop culture is, like, the coolest thing in the world automatically. Like, Mm -hmm. even at that moment, like, kids were like, no. No. Like, this new Indiana Jones is, like, not the thing. Like, so I just never, I just never got around to it. I just always, like, Mm -hmm. knew its reputation. It was just like, uh, maybe someday. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But I, like, just watched it for the first time yesterday, and I'm really excited about it. I thought it was really great. Uh, Adeline. Yeah. Adeline. Uh, have you seen any Indiana Jones films?
1: Well, here's the thing. <laughs> so I've been a child most of my life. Uh, and when you're a child and they're like, so here's this very fun movie. You've been to the ride at Disneyland. You love it. Uh, but this movie has A, a bunch of spiders in it, and B, a, people's faces get melted and they get impaled on stuff. So little Adeline was not having it with the Indiana Jones films. I could not handle them. So then I just like went about my life. With just like this blind spot of not seeing the Indiana Jones films and I haven't like corrected it yet. So this is the first Indiana Jones film <laughs> that I've ever sat down and watched. <laughs> and is, I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see why people like it. But it's, <laughs> I'm just looking <laughs> over your <here> face. Out. <laughs> so now like, we'll...
0: I... oh, go ahead, Adelaide.
1: Well, see, I, like I know all the tropes and everything. like I said, when the ride at Disneyland is like is my touchstone for Indiana Jones, but it's also like my favorite ride at Disneyland. So like I, I know what the tropes are, and like I know the vague stories. Uh, like I know the vague like understandings of them just from being a part of pop culture. Like I know what's going on in them. But yeah, this is the first time I've ever like actually sat down and watched an Indiana Jones movie, and it's the one that everybody hates and says is bad. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting conversation.
0: So Adam, this was your this was your choice. This was your when we when we asked you to come on the podcast, we asked you to pick out something that you know that was thought of as an unliked movie that you wanted to come defend. So what is, what is your relationship with this movie, and what is it about it that made you want to come on and and sing its praises?
2: Well, I I gotta say, as the oldest person here by by apparently decades, I'm really excited I like to talk to you. I'm really excited to talk to you kids about this. Oh, oh, God! I'm sorry. I felt like like I like hearing you guys talk about it. Like I just see my gray hairs glare yeah. as I talk you to you. You
1: look in the mirror and you see yourself age.
2: It's just like like oh God. Uh, but no, that, so but it was also really interesting to hear like both that, that that it's not just like this is the first time you've watched it or this is the first Indiana Jones you've watched. It <laughs> blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's such a, it's such a unique experience talking about it. Um, my experience is like I am like I've already mentioned Star Wars was a big part of my life. and the other right. one was Indiana Jones. Like mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, that entire series, you know, we just wore it out. Like my mom loves that movie <laughs> series. like my dad watched it a lot. My dad also uh, was a really big fan of the old movie serials. Like, the reason why I I write The Green Llama is because he also collected The Green Llama comics. Mm. So I, you know, that's why I do it. So I grew up watching Flash Gordon and, uh, you know, Commando Cody and uh, 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 Radar Men from the Moon. Like, these uh, inspirations uh, that Lucas and Spielberg wanted to, you know, emulate with. Uh, Indiana Jones so you know I I sort of grew up with this this series as a big touchstone and you know so when the the new one came out when I when I was in my 20s um, <laughs> um, I was very excited like here's here's a new Indiana Jones and you know I liked um, you know it was an interesting thing that it was like he was playing his age because like right. you know uh, digital technology to DH really wasn't that uh, big of a thing at that point. Um, and maybe
1: shouldn't be now, but that's, maybe that's a whole be now. thing. That's, that's a whole another, another conversation. <laughs>
2: um, but what was really interesting is that also my... Um, you know, the main crux of this story is ancient aliens. And right. my dad loved reading about, and I don't necessarily think he believed it, but I have no, I I can't ask him, uh, but I'm pretty sure he just found it kind of funny and interesting. That's what I'm telling myself. Uh, (laughs) So I grew up with um, a lot of the ancient alien ideas around me. So, you know, I, my relationship to this film is I love Indiana Jones as a character and watching this movie at the time, uh, Indiana Jones and Mutt who uh, his son mm. are roughly the same age my dad and I were at the time mm-hmm. so there's a very specific moment uh, when they're in the car um, driving through the forest that my brain sort of clicked into place and it was like <laughs> oh this is like watching my dad and I on an, on an adventure <laughs> and it became a very personal film I can sit there here and I can tell you what works and what doesn't Why it works and why it doesn't, but there's a very personal relationship uh, with this film for me because it's like I just I look at that and I'm like that's my dad, that's me, we're having an adventure, (laughs) right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's really satisfying. And and I I also think like it's a really like there's other things I like about it, but that is like the core of my relationship this to this film is a hundred and ten percent like subjective, right? right? You know, it is just. Just what I saw when I watched it and I was crying at the end and I was the only one in the theater at the Siegfeld in New York. Um, uh, It was. Yeah, it's a very personal film for me.
0: And I'm you know, a lot of what we try to talk about on this podcast is sort of like taking the. Because a lot of what we try to do is we try to, like, deconstruct these ideas of, like, talking about, like, what movies are good and what movies are bad and, like, finding people who can really passionately stand up for movies that are, like, bad movies. And it's, you know, and it can kind of take two different forms in the sense that, like, we did an episode about Matrix Reloaded where I was like, let me explain to you why Matrix Reloaded is great. Like, I just my fucking, like, (laughs) point-by-point deal about why it's incredible. And sometimes it's less like that and sometimes it's just more like... It just hit me at the right time, and I don't know, it just works <laughs> on me. And, like, those things are, like, equally valid, like, ways to watch uh, uh, a movie like this. I think mm. that, like, I mean, talking about my own experience when this was a kid, it was, it's such a bizarre thing, because, you know, I don't know. It's I was in eighth grade, I think, and it was, like, obviously, like, everybody around you is just, like, regurgitating opinions their parents have, most likely. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, all I ever heard about was, like, there's fucking aliens in it. And, like, it, like they just ruined it. Like, I don't know. Like, it is it is so ridiculous. He gets in a fridge at one point, and you're like... And I was like, I don't know, that sounds dumb. It sounds lame. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> it's such a bizarre thing. I've been thinking a lot about the difference between sort of, like, the fantastical elements of Indiana Jones as they exist always. I mean, every <laughs> one of these movies has, like, a very obvious, very clear, like... Fantastical sort of like fantasy element to him and what it is about the alien element of this movie specifically that I almost just without even thinking about it use the word alienated but uh, Alienated (laughs) like audiences so much like as opposed to the Judeo-Christian God melting people's faces like what like I wonder what it is about those two things that like they will buy one, but they won't buy the other, and I'm—I don't have a good answer. It's just fascinating to
2: me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's—it's it's weird because it's like again, like I was kind of willing to accept the whole ancient alien thing. It's right. Just like, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, there, there you go. It's just like, okay, well, if you're going to, like, is that any more implausible than, like, a cup that can give you immortal life? <laughs> right. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, some guy, you know, because Jesus bled on it. Or is it any more implausible than stones that glow and like, uh, a guy's heart, heart gets ripped yeah. out? And, like, mm-hmm. Ma, right? And, like, you know, <laughs> is that any more implausible than, like, uh, an alien? I think um, I, I think it's just because, like, there's a couple of reasons why I think it, it didn't, like, connect with audiences, like, again, like, you don't have that basis like I did with, like, ancient right. aliens was a thing. And I want to be also very clear before, like, and please do not take this out of context. Like, I don't think ancient aliens are a thing. I do think <laughs> right. that, Yeah. I, I like, I, I would like to believe that there's life, and more life in the universe. There's too much space for there not to mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. Uh, something else out there. Um, but. I don't, I'm not, like, sitting here like, no, seriously, but it's, uh, the pyramids were made by aliens. I do not think that. Um Yeah, yeah that's, like, I, the I,
1: hardest, way, like, thing about consuming this movie today is that, like, we've all kind of universally agreed that that is a bad take. Yeah. That really bad. Do, it really doesn't, uh, shine light on uh, ancient people of color very well, so it's has it's a exactly. bad take. Yeah. We can all agree it's a bad take.
0: But I like yeah. the way this movie <laughs> kind of sidesteps yeah. that, because there's that moment where they find the artifacts, they're like these are artifacts from every culture. Uh. They taught everybody <laughs> yeah. how to farm, not just brown people. Yeah. You're like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. Fine.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it, it's it's just it's a weird, like, I think um, maybe the way that the information was sort of, like, doled out in the uh, the film was not as successful as, say, what's done in The Last Crusade or People right. of Doom or even uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and the structure of the film is a, is a little off, Um but I think that's. Um, I think it's just like yeah, it's just like for a big part of it is like the uh, the Ark, the the Cup of Christ, and uh, even like the uh, Shankara stones. They're all based on something that a large portion of people have been grown up, grown up to believe. Right. You know there there are issues with Temple of Doom, and that's a different discussion. Uh, <laughs> but like at least with Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, you know, uh, Last Crusade, these are things that, like, um, American audiences, for the most part, sort of have in their brains because of the the way they grew up. Um, Whereas Ancient Aliens is sort of like it's asking you to accept aliens, also that aliens uh, were uh, ancient, and also (laughs) this, uh, this, this, this a crystal skull. So it's like, it's, it's multiple levels. It's almost like, um, it's like if if it was like one thing it will be like, I think it would be right. like, oh, this is just ancient aliens. And then like, but it's like, there's levels upon levels upon levels that you have to sort of accept. And, and there's skulls
1: uh, and they're alive yeah. and they're talking to Indiana Jones. <laughs> then they all fuse back into one regular alien. Yeah. There's just like too many bullets on the list. It <laughs> would be like, just yeah. accept it.
2: Yeah. I think it's like they sort of, um, Again, like I, I, this is weird that I, I'm here to defend this movie, but I'm also sort of critiquing it. I think that's actually this no, is of the discussion of had last night. Like, it's important to like, like, be aware of like. I'll put it this way: we're so used to having things be like, it's the best film or it's the worst film, right. it's the best TV series, and that's how like social media sort of had us define uh, how we discuss uh, everything, mm. uh, for whether it be politics or or, or uh, cinema. Um, right. And in this case, it's like, look, I, I can acknowledge all this film's flaws. I still love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it, like, I think, like, um, you know, like, with the... For example, let's just use Last Crusade, which, uh, Elaine, I know you have not seen, uh, uh-huh. but spoilers. <laughs> um, spoilers for, for an excellent movie. Uh, but basically, like, it is... They're looking for the cup of Christ. They're looking for the Holy mm-hmm. Grail. And they find the Holy Grail... And it works exactly the way you think, it, like they say it's going to. Right. And and that's it's a very straight line. It's a very straight line from like this is the initial concept. to This is what happens. Same thing with the the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Like they're looking for the Lost Ark. They find it. It works the way you expect it to.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> with Kim the Crystal Skull, and this, and it's sort of like they are looking for someone, but then there's this skull. And then the skull leads them to have this thing, and then the skull, like this thing, leads them to go to this place. And this place reveals that there's this, and also they're aliens, but they're not really aliens; they're interdimensional beings. And it's like it, it's right. it, it is too many steps to to accept. And again, if it was a little bit more streamlined, it would have worked better. Um, but I don't know. It's also Indiana yeah. Jones. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean, I thought a lot
0: about Ready Player One while I was watching this in that in that mode like not because there's anything actually that similar about the movies but it's just that thing where you're like you hear so much about all the things that are bad about it and you go in with sort of muted expectations and you're like okay but steven spielberg knows how to fucking make a movie though like yeah this Yeah. this still is a blast i think like the opening sequence of this movie is so fucking good. Oh, it's so fun. I was like, oh, yeah. and yeah. like, I don't know, the fridge has become this weird sticking point that people like to make fun of. Like he gets in the fridge and it blasts him away and he doesn't die. But like <laughs> that whole sequence where like after he gets out of Area 51 and rides on the fucking rocket sled out to the yeah. like, nuclear yeah. <laughs> testing site. It's incredible. You just hear like the sirens going off. He has to figure out something to do. Like and It's, it's so good. I think part of the thing, there are a lot... If This movie feels a lot more kind of elevated than the other ones. They're just oh, yeah. driving off waterfalls. He gets in the fridge and goes away. And, like, <laughs> I think that... It, which, I almost wonder, like... It makes me wonder if this were, like, something else. If this were, like, some other movie and it was marketed as, like, sort of a wink-wink, sort of, like, almost parody of Indiana uh, Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if people would have accepted it a little bit more because, like... It's weird because it feels like they're trying to play up that he's older now, and you should be like, he's more fragile, he can't take it like he used to, but then they pair that with him doing the most ridiculous things he's ever done, (laughs) and, like, not being visibly injured by being blasted by a nuclear explosion in a fridge. And, like, I... and. it works in and of itself like the ecosystem of the movie in that sense like makes sense and it fits within itself but it but it doesn't entirely mesh with the previous movies which i think is a lot of why people sort of rejected it but
1: it's just sort of that like
0: willing suspension of disbelief like you just got to go with it you just got to get on the right (laughs) wavelength just go with it just just cruise yeah yeah (laughs) i
1: was gonna say with my touchstone being the 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 Disneyland ride of Indiana Jones this fit fit way better into my understanding of how Indiana Jones works because the ride is very much like inherently is that that like tongue in cheek like oh it's Indiana Jones like they're playing like all the old movies and they're like oh we've discovered something stupid and then you go on the ride and it's a blast and it's like so, like, and I knew, like, the silly parts of Indiana Jones are, like, the parts that you see, like, in GIFs and stuff, and they're like, oh, Indiana Jones, look it's silly. So, like, all of that stuff, all that parts of it, I, like, know and are familiar with. So then going into the movie when it's like, oh, there's a, there's a bunch of teens in a car and they're Russians, and he says, I like Ike and stuff like that, it's <laughs> just, like such elevated, like, comedy of obviously they're, like, pushing it. Like, the villain of the lady, the villain of the movie is that lady with the bob haircut and a sword and she wants to read minds. Like, it's ridiculous. But that's just a part of it and it's great. Like, I don't know. I do, I think especially with, like, any media that we have nostalgia for, I feel like we have this, like, it becomes serious even if it's something, like, I mean, Star Wars is the perfect example. The first Star Wars is a silly, fun movie, and it's become so very serious in the way that we look back at it and the way that we interpret it going forward and all that stuff has become very serious. And I think about Thor, too. One of my biggest criticisms of the old Thor movies before Ragnarok is that they're so serious, and Thor Mm. is maybe the silliest Marvel character that there is, and they don't let him be silly till Ragnarok, and Ragnarok is amazing. So it's like, I always want things to embrace, like, genuine silliness and the way that it shows up naturally. Like, I think them kind of, like, embracing the silliness of Indiana Jones is really nice and doesn't seem that weird. It feels like it still fits in what Indiana Jones is supposed to be without having, like, the serious, like, oh, we have to go on an adventure and we have to find the thing and we have to blah, 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 and it's the blood of Christ, like, that kind of stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and there's so many different things about it because, like, Uh, Like, one thing that I really do love about the film, just from a basic concept, like, I really like the idea of aging heroes. That's Mm -hmm. something that you, you know, for better or for worse, we're getting more of because we're seeing, you know, partially because of nostalgia, uh, to, Mm -hmm. to your point, like that, like, we want to see these characters again. Um, I think the best stories are the ones that ex- sort of like address the fact that like, yes, they're older, but they're not mm-hmm. exactly the way they where they were. Um, mm-hmm. It's why like you know, and I'm sure I'll get comments on this, but like why the Last Jedi is so important to me yeah. is that oh, I really like. Oh thank god! I know
1: I, we're among friends. It's okay. Least... <laughs> yes. Okay.
2: Well, the reason I love the Last Jedi is because like it 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 made Luke. You know, it allowed Luke to be a fundamentally flawed character, and he always was. But, like, Mm -hmm. it allowed, like, it, you know, it made the choices he made. It it showed growth of character, and I like this idea of the the passing of the torch. I just, I love that story for so many reasons. And so, there's this really cool aspect of seeing, like, indiana jones in his 70s like struggling to do the things that he always used to do like right. there's that scene where he's like swinging and he crashes into the <laughs> into the truck he's like i thought that would be closer That's and it's, my like, favorite you know yeah and it, it, it's you know it, it's that weird dichotomy so it's to your point of like things being silly it's um you know, it, it's always, like, Indiana Jones has always been silly, but this is also silly in a way that's addressing this character's age and mm-hmm. his, how he has evolved. And that makes him fallible. And that's kind of hard to see. Uh, you know, it's hard to see your heroes be fallible. Right. Um, I'd argue that, like, that's what makes stories actually worth telling when you actually see fallibility. Mm-hmm. There is something... You know, to be said about the the great damn hero, but like the reason why some of the Daniel Craig films are really great, like Skyfall is amazing, and even No Time to Die has a lot of really good elements in it, is like seeing him age and suffer, and it makes it like almost like it makes it more of a a, of a triumph. And I also like seeing like this uh, like legacy transfer of uh, passing the torch with his Mm -hmm. son. Um, But yeah, it's there's so much in this movie that like I think. Goes against what audiences expected. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um I don't necessarily think it succeeds at every a step of the way, but mm-hmm. I love the fact <laughs> that like they're just like they're like we're in the fifties, so we're doing aliens because that's like the stories that were being <laughs> yeah. told at the Raj time. Roswell, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. So there's all these different little things that like they, I think they go a hundred percent on, but because they don't go hundred percent on everything, it doesn't like land as hard as like some of the other stuff they do. Um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I just I like seeing an old Indiana Jones. I think yeah. there's a really cool. This it's just a cooler story. It's just because <laughs> yeah. like, trust me, as I, I I say, as my birthday fast approaches, uh, you know, <laughs> um, oh boy, uh, there's there is something to to real. There's something really um powerful in knowing that if your heroes can age gracefully, so can you. Right. And, and I'm you can. Yeah,
0: I'm really fascinated by this movie in sort of the <laughs> the like legacy sequel era, because like this, like thinking about this as the like beloved actor returns to reprise their classic character 20 years later, like, you know, in a time before Force Awakens, before like, I, I mean, even like Skyfall, I feel like is one of kind of the main blueprints for that, like it's it's this bizarre thing where it feels like it's coming much before this, like, huge wave of the, like, comeback sequel. It's, like, this yeah. weird little, like, misfire where they kind of tried to make it happen and it didn't quite, <laughs> and it wasn't until a few years later that they, like, figured out that that was still, like, a good profitable idea. And, like, it's fascinating because it's it has, like, all the same things, right? It has the, like, the hero coming back and, like, having a younger generation they interact with and he has to, like, pass the torch and it's, like, in some ways trying to, like, sort of, like, I mean, the thing that I think this movie is missing is that, like, when it comes to, like, a Terminator, Dark Fate, or whatever, or a Force Awakens, or Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's always trying to, like, reclaim the energy of the first original one. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. the the opposite with this one is it feels like this movie's not really much interested in that at all. It feels like it's taking itself <laughs> yeah. in an entirely different direction. Um, yeah. But, like, as these things, like, become more and more codified, like, it it's fascinating to see this weird, like, proto-example of it. Yeah. That just hasn't, d- doesn't quite, like, have all the elements, but it's got, like, most of them. And, yeah. Uh, I think Shia LaBeouf in this movie, especially, I mean, Shia LaBeouf's weird to talk about now, obviously, but, like.
2: Shia LaBeouf.
0: I think <laughs> that he, like, is really good in this. And I wonder, like, it was this moment where he was, like, the biggest movie star in the world. I mean, yeah. not really, but, like, when he was, like, the kid, like, who we were everybody keeping really an wanted. Him. Yeah. 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 Um, and, like, passing the torch to him and, like, setting this up so maybe we can do more in the future if we feel like it. And they kind of didn't, and then they wanted to, and then Spielberg dropped yeah. out, and it's James Mangold now, right? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But, like, it's <laughs> – I'm, I'm so fascinated looking at this in 2022 – like, seeing sort of what it has wrought and, like, yeah. the ways in which it, it like, is and isn't, like, a harbinger of, of what is to come.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and to that point, it's, like, what's interesting about it is, like, you pra- raise like, How the Force Awakens, which is a film that I really enjoy, yeah. but it is basically a rechead of A New Hope.
3: Right. You mm-hmm. know,
2: um, and how uh, there's this sort of, uh, it, and Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I think is three-quarters of a pretty good film then it just kind of doubles (laughs) down on like like being like let's just remake the original and just have the original thing happen again um you know there's this idea of both like taking the things too seriously that came before and like let's just remake it right um which weird about kingdom of the crystal skull is that like you're correct like it's like it doesn't want to recreate the first films it's like what's the next step what that's the thing that interests me a lot like with these sort of films it's like you know you know, screw it came before. Like, let's just move forward. Let's move on forward. But the weird thing about it is, is when you look at. um, They tried that before with Temple of Doom. So you look at uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. And it's. The Raiders of the Lost Ark is as one of those, like, near perfect films. Like, you. Like, everything just works. Right. It's all. It's incredibly tight. It doesn't waste any time. It, it is a, a, a supremely. ...superior film. There's a reason why we talk about it... Was ...that it set up this entire franchise. Right. It is a tight-ass film. It is. It is just... ...perfectly constructed. And then with Temple of Doom... ...for a number of reasons... they ...even though that movie is still a, a ton of fun... It, there's something missing from it. And mm. part of that is they just didn't bother to try to recreate the original. They were like, what's the next thing? Like, mm. same thing they did with Empire Strikes Back. Like, we're not going to recreate Star Wars. We're going to do the next chapter. But in the uh, Temple of Doom is is somewhere in between. It's like it does a lot of the same things right. Kind of hits all the same beats. Um, at least uh, action beats that run at the same time. But something's off. So then they do Last Crusade, which is basically structurally and in tone much more similar to Raiders of the Lost Ark in some capacity they kind of like overcompensate and it's uh, it's lighter and funnier than Raiders of the Lost Ark so Temple of Doom has this thing where if you look at it in the way it's constructed and like just the act beats and everything it is very similar to Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark because that's what they realized what worked that Mm -hmm. sort of structure right um and but again they sort of like have this sense of like well we're not gonna do what we did before we're gonna try something new mm-hmm. and there's that sort of 50 50 percent like they they are they under they figured out what the formula was but they started mixing it in and they don't really go and i know i've said this a couple times already it's like they just don't go 100 100 on everything right and mm-hmm. i think that's part of what's the problem so it's like it it's not a a, a requel like force awakens. It's right. not exact reboot, a remake of what we saw before. Um, but it has a lot of the, it, it's playing the same music. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, <laughs> the, the lyrics are different. So that's like the weird thing about it. It's like, it, it, it's, you know, for better or for worse, I think a lot of uh, Hollywood has learned all the wrong and right lessons from kingdom, of the crystal skull. It's right. just like, they just want to, we like, and I think that's like, again, why the last Jedi so good, is because like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is in very, in many ways, very similar to Empire Strikes Back, but it's like thematically similar to Empire Strikes Back. It's like, what's the next chapter? Right. How do you, how do you like? It's not let's recreate what we saw before. It's well, why did this movie work?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's because it challenged your understanding of the actor of the characters and the actors, and they moved it forward. Right. Um, and I don't think there's enough of that in King of the Crystal Skull. It sounds weird. I, I came out here to praise it, and I feel like all I'm doing is criticizing it.
0: <laughs> I mean, we do that uh, all no, the time, it- though. Yeah, we, we, we
2: like we start out. We're
0: like, this is great. And we're excited to talk about it. But like part of the way that at least Adeline and I like synthesize these things, we were like growing up together. It's always like, well, OK, so like I would have changed this and this wasn't as good. But yeah. like it comes from a place of like we always say whenever we walk out of a movie, if we walk out and we just start like criticizing it immediately, it means that we really liked it. And if we walk yeah. out, yep. we're like, well, it was good how they it's like, that was a terrible <laughs> movie. Like it's already yeah. tell. It they didn't do it. It's yeah. an inverse reaction. Yeah to how much we liked it when we walk out of the theater
2: yeah (laughs) i get that i like that
0: uh but yeah and it's like it's it's interesting like just thematically like it it, how relatively little it seems like the movie bothers to like comment on indiana jones's like age like in the Mm. in the Mm -hmm. Over, like, over the course of the story, like, obviously, you know, it's like he has a kid now, and it's like, oh, I'm not as young as I used to be, like, that kind of <laughs> thing. But, like, the story isn't very much about, like, him aging or, like, getting out of it. And, like, he finds his son, mm-hmm. and, you know, metatextually, we know it's the, like, passing of the torch, like, they want Shia LaBeouf to be the star, but, like, at the end of the movie, he's still pretty much just doing him. Like, there's not a lot of commentary yeah. mm-hmm. on him actually aging. They're kind of just trying to be, like, here we go again Like here mm-hmm. here he is He's back Your favorite guy Doing the same old thing He's a little older now But you know He's still He's, he's the still assistant the dean go.
1: now Yeah
0: yeah. Um, I don't get that part of But opinion. at the end When Mutt Becomes the assistant dean
1: Oh the Mutt Mutt becomes Oh a, no oh, wait Because no, Indiana Jones is Indiana,
0: junior d- Right
1: Yeah Indiana totally Jones Becomes the, the dean So he's like a professor He gets invested by Investigated by the FBI So they fire him When that gets all Cleared up they make him the assistant dean. I guess
0: yep. it's fine. I totally got it's confused unfair. because the I latter. wasn't thinking that Indiana Jones was junior. So when they said when they put junior on the door, I was like, Shia LaBeouf, he finished school and now he's the dean. I thought that's what they were going for, but that clearly doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Why
2: you I forgot that. In *Last Crusade*? Like the whole thing in *Last Crusade* is like yeah. junior.
0: Junior, yeah. Go to
2: school. Yeah.
0: I just didn't. I the didn't dog, even. Indiana. Didn't even interrogate that thought until just now. I was like, "Oh, I'm an absolute fool." Of course, Shia
2: LaBeouf
1: <laughs> oh, is not the
3: assistant.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm judging you silently.
1: <laughs> there we go. See, I absolutely adore the like very opening, the very very opening scene of this movie where you have the teens and the, the hot rod like racing with the army guys because it's so it's just like 50s Americana. Yeah, let's go, is like is and we are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely Spielberg shit. They're like girls, and they've got they've got high ponytails, and they're all wearing like the little jackets, and they've got like sunglasses. There's a lot of greasers in this movie, but they're just like yeah, it's the '50s. There's the military, and you're like oh Americana, U.S. military, and then they're all Russian, and they shoot down a bunch of guys. Like it's such a fun quick heel turn, like, based on this total, like, goofy, cheesy, like, you think it's gonna be, like, oh, so we're doing Greece, and then it's like, no, we're doing a Russian spy thing. It's so much fun. And that's, yeah. you know, the way that
0: they choose to write this movie. I mean, like, the obvious thing is, like, all the original ones all took place in the 40s. It's all, like, Nazis and it's World War Two stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, as they're trying to, like, move this thing forward, I think, like, the alien thing sort of makes a lot of sense to me, at least, because it's, like, just the cultural difference between, like, what kinds of things people were thinking Mm -hmm. about in the 40s as opposed to the 50s, you know?
1: Oh, it's wildly different. In the 40s, you know, they're
0: commenting on, like, the weird Nazi spiritualism and, like, You know, I don't know, I don't know, I should look into it, but, like, how much is actually real and how much is actually rumor of, like, Hitler having, you know, like, magicians or whatever. But it was, like, very much a thing you, like, commented upon and, like, heard about, which is, like, Mm -hmm. not the same cultural milieu in the 50s when, like, things are Mm -hmm. very different. Like, the bad guys are different, the problems are different, and, like... You're not thinking about, like, spiritualism and, like, you know, whatever Nazi magic weapons. It's, like, aliens. <laughs> it's like Roswell. It's, like, we have this, yeah. like, new well, it's modern the Cold age. War. Yeah. yeah, it's the Cold War, yeah. and we're, like, sending people to space for the first time. Like, Sputnik, like, it's totally, like, an entirely different landscape. And I feel like if you just took Indiana Jones and are like, it's still, like, biblical magic-y stuff <laughs> in the It's 50s. still the Nazis. It still wouldn't, yeah. qu- I don't think it would quite work yeah. the same way. So, like it, yeah. as much as it is like kind of a heel turn it's one that I think is like informed in a really specific way that I, oh, yeah. that I think mm-hmm. is really interesting
2: yeah it, it's also to that point like I think you know it, it's also we kind of remember when this movie came out it's like the I it was not it was like what like 10 12 years after the uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall right um mm-hmm. I, I, I can't remember exactly when this movie came out now it's it's I'm blanking on it. Um,
1: 2008, but, I believe. 2008, yeah.
2: So it's mm-hmm. like it's about 18 years, 20 years after the the fall of the Berlin, Berlin Wall. Um, you know, at that time, uh, communism was no longer a threat. You know, right. it was it, it was mm-hmm. also like the idea of Russia as a, as a, an antagonist was no longer a threat right <laughs> oh boy <laughs> nervous laughter um, so um so but in there's also the aspect of like communism as a threat right was is didn't d- didn't age in the same way that Nazis as a threat uh, right have and and should have stares angrily at the Republican Party. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I it's this idea of, you know, like Nazis were a, like, I remember I think it was Spielberg who even said it. It was like the the, the only thing that Hitler really gave us is like a pure evil that you will right. always have. Like this character mm-hmm. is just, you know, there's like, there's no, like he, you take a look at what he and the Nazis did it's unquestionably evil right um it is it is murder by the millions it is a war that you know uh left you know just completely reshaped the world uh, that left millions dead just in the war itself not even the counting the crimes that they committed it's an easy understanding of good versus evil right with mm-hmm. communism uh at least I- even the reds like um you look at the Red Scare and how that was portrayed in, in America, and like how that was that was not okay. Right. It's a bit more of a of a of a blurry ground. Totally, you know, it, it is it is a gray middle area uh, that is like yeah, like you know, Russians weren't exactly the 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 USSR wasn't exactly the best in the world. There's right. a lot of things that they did that were unforgivable, um, but also the things that America did to in, uh, like in you retaliation. Know, yeah. In retaliation mm-hmm. were not okay, so you know the, you don't have that sort of clear defined villain in the way that you have with the Nazis. Mm-hmm. But to your point, like you know, it would have made no sense for it to be the Nazis in this movie, <laughs> right? Because uh, it, it's like it's the fifties; like this is this is when you do it. You do the com. You, you do. Um, you know, you you do the Soviet Union. You have them be the villain because that's who the villain would be. You have aliens because that's what we were watching in the atomic age. Right. That's the nineteen fifties. It's all appropriate for the era. Um, but it is, you know, I think a big part of it is because Indiana Jones was so associated with punching Nazis and always punch Nazis. Um, <laughs> it had that sort of that that sort of there's a bit of a dissonance because, like, you expect the character to do A and he's doing mm-hmm. C. He's not even doing B. He's doing C. Right. So mm-hmm.
1: For communism. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. this
0: interesting thing because I think a lot about, like, I mean, I don't know. It's sort of a trite internet observation to make now, but the whole, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, he doesn't actually do anything. Like, the movie plays out the same way, like, whether or not Indiana Jones does what he does, right? Like, the Nazis get the get the Ark and explode yeah. themselves. So you're like, okay, I guess... Yeah. Which is you know kind of a criticism and kind of not, but like, it it reminds me of the end of this movie too, where it's kind of like it. There's this sort of like awkward dynamic in these Indiana Jones movies where he sort of can like knows when to step back and let the bad guys just destroy themselves. You know, like he lets them drink from the cup. He lets them you know open the lost ark. He lets them interface with the aliens or whatever and, like, meet their own end, you know? Which I think is really mm. fascinating because I don't know about a lot of other, like, stories that kind of function that way where you sort of, like, right. just step back and let the bad guy get what they want and let them destroy themselves with it. And, yeah. like, just seeing it happen to to Kate Blanchett in this movie, like, <laughs> it just... That was, like, the one moment where I felt like I was, like, this really... Like feels of a piece with the other Indiana Jones movies in a way that this yeah. movie doesn't always. But like that moment in particular, right. like it makes you just suddenly realize you're like, oh yeah, he does do that all the time. Like this is a totally yeah. Indiana Jones
1: <laughs> thing. One hundred percent.
0: And but it just it speaks to this like we are talking about with like the USSR and like the the uh uh like the the use of the villain in this story. It's it's a little bit interesting how. They, you know, it's not like they team up, but they do kind of, like, stand in the same room together and learn about something together at the right. end. Like, there's not, like... Multiple
1: a m- times, Yeah, really. like,
0: it's not, like, obviously they're opposed to each other, but they're not Nazis. He's not, like, actively yeah. making sure he's, like, taking them down whenever he can. Like, there are there are times in this movie where they kind of, like, are on the same page at least a little bit trying to, like, learn something together. Even if, you know, right afterwards yeah. they're gonna go go back at it, but... yeah.
2: Uh, it's, it's also like Mac was also like kind of confusing, like, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know that it's
1: like, whole yeah. thing.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, but it's like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't
0: know. I just think it speaks to sort of the 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 slightly more gray nature of the of the, the you know conflict we're engaging with. It's like, yeah, he's not just a double agent who was actually evil. It's like, oh, he w- was, but then he wasn't, and then at the end, like. Indy's just like i don't even fucking know anymore but he still like kind of tries to save him because they have a relationship but it just feels like it's saying Mm -hmm. just like i don't even know anymore man like we can figure it out later like let's i mean like because
1: he hasn't really done anything like they've just been like following indiana jones around is like what they've been doing (laughs) they haven't been like killing people (laughs) they've just been following mr jones
2: yeah, because it's it, it's weird because like with with uh, going like to that Mac thing, it's like what's weird is like you think of like Elsa in uh, Last Crusade, which again spoilers uh, for the film that you should have watched. <laughs> it's so good. Um, like she is, you know, she is an ally who turns out to be uh, a who double crosses right. uh, indie Indy in um, the Last Crusade, and with. Uh, with Mac, it's sort of like that. Like he double crosses him in the middle in the beginning of the movie. Okay, fine. And then he sticks around throughout the entire story. And then he's like, he double crosses. And then he's like, no, but I'm actually like, I'm am CIA. Like ah, I was just lying. It's just like, eh. <laughs> like just just pick a lane, pick a right. lane. It's like you know. Um, I think like I and I, I think it has to do with the fact that like, of the four films uh, so far, I think. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade, they really knew exactly what they wanted to do with the movie. Like, they knew what their story was mm-hmm. in a, it to a very deep level. And Temple of Doom and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull sort of, like, are parallel in my mind because you can kind of get a sense that they didn't know exactly what they wanted the film to be about. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Crystal Skull kind of suffers from that, like, you know, not... Um, they just didn't... They weren't as... Uh, clear as to what the story needed to be. So mm. there's all these like great set pieces, all these great like villains. Like Cape that's amazing as always. Um, you know, there's like uh there's these moments are just like that is just a really cool sequence. Like the opening sequence is a lot of fun. Uh even like the the Chase of the Forest is a lot of fun. Um the ants are so the fire cool. Ants. I um, love the oh, fire. Oh yeah, ants the fire ants. Like <laughs> the fire ants, yeah. Like um all these, like, even, like, just seeing Marion again, like, all these things are really exciting. Yeah, you know, like, the chase through, like, um, uh, uh, Marshall College, like, all of that's right. really fun. That was really fun, yeah. want well, yeah, to know what I learned? Uh, uh,
0: apparently one of those yes. kids in there is Chet Hanks. <laughs> kind of, yep. That was just fun, fun to observe. <laughs>
2: And actually, do you know in the uh in the bar uh where like the where he meets Mutt and they get into a fight, right. the girl who punches him is Spielberg's daughter. Oh really?
1: Oh that's fun.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that
1: you... scene. That was like the hardest I laughed the entire time during this movie, where he like punches the guy in the college suit and then the room suddenly splits into <laughs> greasers it? and college kids, yeah. and then they just start throwing fucking chairs at each other. Yeah. It's so funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> Like, just on-site, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's so, like the,
2: I, I was gonna, sorry, I was gonna say, like, so yeah. this is your first, this is your first Indiana Jones film, like, you know, I've mm-hmm. been talking a lot, uh, but I really am kind of curious as to, like, what your biggest takeaway is from, like, the, your very first Indiana Jones film, which is King of of Skull, which blows my mind. <laughs>
1: I know, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's hard to say... The way that like these movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones have just like permeated pop culture It's like kind of weird to say that I haven't seen them because I feel like With all of the like knowledge that I've gathered from being alive. It's like I pretty much Kind of have like I know I know who Indiana Jones is. I know what he does I know he has this very fun whip and his very fun hat And he's always losing that hat and picking it up at the last second like stuff like that and I think Because so much of those tropes are kind of, like, inseparable from the character, I feel like Mm -hmm. you get so much of that in the movie. I mean, like, all those, like, stepping stones, like, oh, there's a fun chase on a motorcycle, and they're in the jungle, and they're sword fighting on trucks, and they're like, oh, there's these ancient temples, and all this stuff. Like, it feels like it very much, like, hits on the staples of what you understand Indiana Jones to be, even as it's doing this kind of, like, reboot thing that we've been talking about. Like, it's still... It's still Indiana Jones, like it still like hits those staples of what it's supposed to be. So I think I don't know. It's definitely a weird first impression, but it's like also not a first impression if that makes any sense.
2: No, I, I get that because I was uh that's similar to my experience with like Die Hard. Like I my mm-hmm. first Die Hard was uh uh the third one uh Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> <Right>. And I <laughs> love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. And I uh, I legit got the um I bought Die Hard on Blu-ray years ago now and I popped it in and I was going to watch it and about midway through I realized like I've never seen this movie you didn't I even like, realize I, you hadn't <laughs> seen it I yeah I was so certain that I loved Die Hard because it's such a <laughs> yeah. part of the cultural zeitgeist right that I was mm-hmm. like I, well I, clearly I've seen it I love the third one um and like halfway through <laughs> I was like like I was like I've never seen this movie right I'm having a great time and I'm really enjoying it But I've never ever seen it, and I like, and I've watched it multiple times since. Uh, But that first experience was like it was. It's weird, and that's like something that like to your own experience. That's really you know unique about cinema and unique about movies Mm -hmm. is that um, just or way pop culture sort of evolved uh, and and its ubiquity. It's like you can know something and have never seen it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, people know who Darth Vader is and they've never seen a Star Wars film. Like, they mm-hmm. know who Baby yeah. Yoda is. Yeah, like seven-year-olds this...
1: know who Darth Vader is. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it. So, yeah, so it's like to, to sort of, it, I find that interesting also, like, with your experience of watching this movie for the first time, enjoying it, uh, mm-hmm. but partially because all these things that you know of Indiana Jones were ingrained in your brain mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. The, the live show, from all the little, like, you know, the tropes that you grew up with. um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's fascinating. It's Absolutely really fascinating. yeah. I'm a I'm a well, school bus driver.
0: That's my my day job. <laughs> and when I drive those elementary schoolers around, and I as I like listen to their conversations, like they are they are clued in. And I'm sure you know all of us are the same way to a certain extent. Like we were really little, but they're like clued into pop yeah. culture in ways that don't make any sense at all to yeah. me. Because like they'll like <laughs> the talk weird, about like, they talk bites. about like squid yeah. Game. Like I hear them like talking about Squid Game all the time, and every time I'm like, "You guys, have you guys seen Squid Game?" They're like, "No." There was one kid who only knew Squid Game from the Roblox game. Yeah, <laughs> That is apparently a big deal among like kids right now. But like, mm-hmm. and they just talk about these things like around Halloween, they all talk about Freddy and Jason and stuff. And I'm always like, "Do you like know what that is?" And they're like, "Yeah, Freddy gets in your dreams and kills you." And they're like, "Have you seen the movie?" And it's like, uh, "No." I'm seven. Of course, (laughs) I haven't seen the movie. But, like, just these things, like, just happen and, like, you know, and, you know, I mean, I don't know. Star Wars is less weird. Like, kids can watch Star Wars. Kids watch Star Wars. But, like, Mm -hmm. there are things like that that just, like, get in you somehow that you, like, don't Mm -hmm. even have a say over. And, like, you have kids on the bus talking about Squid Game, like, every day for weeks, even though they have little to no understanding of, like why that show is good or like what is yeah, like about it. Yeah, they like get it. They just don't
1: yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there's so many movies in the world and there's just only going to be more. I always kind of, I mean, I, part of it is being a young person, the amount of movies I've seen versus someone who's been on the planet longer is obviously less movies than them Yeah, that's like, exactly true yeah I've seen I've seen all of the movies yeah but like, I've
2: seen every movie yeah. what I, do. Okay. <laughs> right. I like wow.
1: my my ankles go up a little bit when somebody's like you haven't seen that and it's like yeah because there's 10 billion movies yeah. that we all like kind of agree that you need to see and there's so many of them like for a real, it'd been a really long time since I like I had gone like the first time I ever watched The Godfather was probably like my freshman year of college. We yeah. did it for a film class. We were talking about so we watched The Godfather and I watched it and I was like, oh, I get it. This is fun. This is cool. This is really interesting. I get why we've been talking about this for years. But then just when people like come up to you with the reaction of like you've never seen it, it's like yeah, yeah. I've been less than 15 for the majority of my life. Like of course yeah. I haven't seen all of these incredible films and these important films and stuff like. I think what's cool about pop culture is that you can, like, get that information. Like, what, like, seeps into the pop culture people's, like, references and what they talk about in their jokes and stuff like that. Like, you can get a sense of, like, what's porn and, like, what movies, like, come up. And you just, like, absorb that information. And then when you go, when you, like, find the time and you go out and seek that stuff and you, like, actually watch it, you have this cool background that nobody else really gets because you've just been absorbing it your whole life. But, like, I feel like give people time to watch the movies that they need to watch, because there's so many movies in the world. There's so many.
2: There's so many, and to the point of, like, Godfather, like, I, it's, that's another one, like, I don't necessarily know if I've seen it. Like, Mm -hmm, I, I, I I definitely want to, I, I know I want to sit down and watch it, but, but like, I went to Mm -hmm. film school, so it's, like, we talked about it a shit ton, we saw a shit ton Mm -hmm. of clips going, like, every, we had classes about, like, why this film is great, so I'm, I'm
1: I must have. Right. I must have
2: seen. I, I know. I'm, I must have seen it, but like I don't know. I, I'm convinced. I don't think I've seen it in its entirety. Right. But I know mm-hmm. what happens in it, and it's as weird as like I can acknowledge. Like yes, this is a really good movie. I understand why it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. it's a. It's it's yeah. It's like there's only so much time in the day, and like I have like my friends are like, why haven't you watched Succession? I'm like, yo, like. I got. Yeah. So, I have so much shit to do. Like,
3: yeah. let alone
2: like I want to watch a TV show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, speaking only for myself. Like, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just like after I'm done with work, I start doing more work for my myself. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like you know. Am I gonna watch Succession? I'm gonna do this. It's like I, yeah, you know, Succession. <laughs> su- su- succession loses. Um, well, how
1: good is Succession? We'll never know. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, you know, but so it's just like yeah, but it's like that weird uh, aspect of, um, you know, just trying to figure out like what you have seen, what you should see, and um, mm-hmm. you know, you don't you can't see it all. I mean, you can, but like you also have to like, yeah. the kind, you know, it's a little too much. I think it is. So the,
0: uh, uh I just going to say I think it is interesting that like but there is also sort of a trade-off with this like cultural ubiquity. I mean like, you know, it's something that's been remarked upon a lot of times like Luke I or I am your father will like never be surprising to another person ever again in history. Like mm-hmm. a- everybody knows that. That's like the most iconic thing from the movie. And like it it sort of and it's—it feels weird to say it waters it down because it's still like impactful in the movie, even if you know what it is. Like you know, spoilers aren't the most important thing, but like, it's—it's mm-hmm. it's, like something that is like fundamentally designed to shock you and surprise you that just will never have that effect ever yeah. again.
2: Yeah, you have to get—you have to show it to a kid like relatively young. Um, <laughs> right. And I don't know—I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but like, if I did. I would definitely make sure that's the second one they saw because it's like you can't <laughs> yeah so, so they yeah. can have that reaction of, right. like...
1: I mean like even like the behind-the-scenes pictures of like the first time that they like told Mark Hamill and and friends that <laughs> that Luke and Leia were like siblings and they're like yeah. what like those pictures like are like such a weird like lost artifact of like oh there was a time that we didn't that wasn't just like inherent to their characters that they were yeah. siblings like that yeah. kind of thing it's just so interesting and it'll yeah.
2: never happen again. Uh, that's what happens when, uh, like, it, for every complaint people have about, like, well, why didn't you plan the, the, the new trilogy? I'm like, well, he sure as shit didn't plan that first <laughs> one. Oh uh, Yeah, he,
1: yeah, they were flying by the seat of their pants. But, yeah, but speaking yeah. of
0: George Lucas, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm so fascinated by his career. Because this is, like, like the end of his little, like, comeback tour where he makes these, like, three Star Wars movies and then makes another Indiana Jones and then kind of vanishes again. Like, not that he doesn't exist, yeah. but, like, I, what And was then that?
1: falls backwards into a bed of money. Yeah.
0: I mean, he has, like, ex- executive producer credits on a bunch of things. But, like, he's just doing him for the most part, it seems like. Yeah. And, like, he had his moment in the 80s where he did Star Wars and uh, 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 Indiana Jones. And then he just chilled out for a little while. You know, there were some other projects yeah. in there, but, like, not nearly some as, as yeah. prolific. Yeah. And then he was like, "Okay, it's the two thousands, new millennium. Let's go more Star Wars, more Indiana Jones for like eight years." And then it was like, "Okay, I'm out again. Back out, back out." And like, just is like doing. <laughs> I'll see him. you
1: in another eight years. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and
0: like, I wonder, like, and you hear so many stories about like his weird relationship with like directing and like, like I just wonder what that guy's life is like. Like, what is what is he actually like doing?
2: And I hope he's doing it
0: because yeah. <laughs> he seems really tired by a lot of things.
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting like like thinking about like Lucas because it, especially during that era it's like he did come out with like a lot of things that you know like as someone who was called a prequel defender a George Lucas apologist uh, growing up <laughs> right um, you know it's like what's interesting is like um how derided those films were right at the time like the only one that like anyone liked at the time, uh, or at least the vast majority people liked at the time was uh, the Revenge of the Sith, right? And that was because like that's what everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. like they wanted to see like this dark story. Um, but then you have like a love story, and then you have before that like this child. Um, but like, like it was it, what's interesting about those films, especially Phantom Menace. It's a hundred and ten percent Lucas. It's like yeah. he doesn't, he, mm-hmm. he had carte blanche at that point. And you watch it, like, that's a Lucas movie. Um, and he did that a bit with uh, with um, King of the Crystal Skull. He's... Okay, this is what's going on right over here. Yes, let's see, let's see. Oh, no.
1: Oh. oh. <laughs> they're fighting. For
2: territory. They're, they're, they're play fighting. But, but they, so there's, so there's a hole in there, so that way they can climb up.
1: Oh, uh, and they can antagonize each other.
2: Yeah. Like, I'm really happy that, like, this thing clearly seems to be working. They're not, yeah. like, <laughs> they can't but like it can handle up to fifty pounds, and they are definitely not fifty pounds. Okay, but, that's uh, good. Yeah. Sorry. So like, so my my, my, my whole thing, like, I was saying something, and all I hear is like, like, like. <laughs> <laughs> being, so yeah, that this is Just this who? is Pippin and this is Puck. Aww. Pippin. Ooh, I like that. Pippin and Puck. Puck. Uh, his full name is Puck Christopher Noodles, and that's Pippin Thomas Copperfield. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> lots of good, I and, love the the assonance. It's a good mouthfeel. Yeah. You. It, yeah, it has, it has a good mouthfeel. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's our old man, baby, and he's our our our, our second. Um, but they're but they're not brothers, but they're brothers. They're they're adopted yeah. brothers. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I. That, so I, I, I got like it was just like a moment of like I can't not address the fact that we're like, just like it. completely distracting me as I'm talking. I'm like, what what was I even saying? Like George Lucas, yeah. like right? I'm like, like, like there's some birds outside, so they're just like. You
1: anyway. Just hear a cat fall out the window. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean. <laughs> uh, no. So uh, what
2: I was saying is, like, with Lucas, like uh, the in maybe this might give you a good edit point. Um, but with the you know prequels and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like they're a hundred percent like Lucas stories. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I think that's something that's missing a lot from a lot of filmmakers today. Where I think I have I overall enjoy Marvel, mm-hmm. but my biggest issue with Marvel is that they play very much into what the audience wants. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. while that can be satisfying in the moment, I think the movies that stand the test of time, the ones that challenge the audience, mm-hmm. the ones that mm-hmm. make you think about it. So, you know, you can look at The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and be like, yeah, it's not the best Indiana Jones film, but at the same time, you know, they tried. They swung. And they were like, we're, we're going to tell the story that we want to tell with Indiana Jones. It didn't 100% succeed, but it's still, you know, it is George Lucas and Spielberg's vision. And mm-hmm. that is something mm-hmm. you don't get anymore. You don't get right. enough of. Um, because, like, you know, you look at, like, what's happening with um, Marvel, even, like, with to a degree with Star Wars, where, like, let, what's the audience wants? Let's mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. satisfy them. Um, but, like, some of the best movies, the, the best movies are the ones that, that are from the, the filmmaker's heart. Those yeah. are always the mm-hmm. best ones. And that, this absolutely. is... absolutely. Crystal Skull is is closer to that than, um, you know, any any like you know as as fun as Spider-Man: no Way Home is like, mm. you know, that's a hundred percent like
1: here in nostalgia. You asked for it. Yeah. Like, aren't you excited? <laughs> you wanted it. We Don't did you it. love it. We, we looked, looked at though, your Christmas list and we got yeah. you exactly what you wrote down. Yeah. Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> and,
2: and it's like to that point. It's like you know, I uh like you know my girlfriend's getting me something. I have no idea what it is uh, I think it's gonna probably be a birthday gift at this point where it's like I have no idea what it is it's not something I've asked for but I'm more excited about that oh, than absolutely. anything that like I actually was like oh wow I, yeah I wanted this now I have it right um, great and, yeah and that's the same thing like I'd I'd much rather I hope that James Mangold's uh, Indiana Jones 5 that's what I was gonna ask you about yeah just like I hope <laughs> it's as weird as fuck like just go nuts yeah like, Yes. Like, do what's like right for the characters, like send them off, uh, you know, send them off in a really interesting way, close out this like this era of th- these films, um, but yeah, don't uh, don't don't make try to appease the audience. That's yeah. my biggest mm-hmm. that's my biggest concern because it's right. Disney now. Like that's my biggest And we concern. gotta get yeah. Shia
1: LaBeouf on board. We gotta get yeah, him. No, they're not yes.
2: gonna, they're not gonna Shia sh- Shia They're not. <laughs> <in there. laughs>
1: I it was. was I, I would. I would say maybe a cameo, and I think that would be hilarious. But there's no way that they're getting <laughs> on. Him. Yeah.
0: I um, I think that like, I don't know. I'm so curious, like, what James Mangold, Indiana Jones looks like. Because like, yeah. as much as I like James Mangold and I really like a lot of his movies, he doesn't strike right. strike me as a guy who's in charge of like a rip roaring good time, you know. Like <laughs> he's not he's not like the most like energetic filmmaker. Like I wonder what that's gonna look like. And you know I don't know when you think about things like yeah. that, you just imagine it looks like there are other movies. When clearly it'll probably look a lot. And it different never than does. Yeah. But like I don't know. I'm just so yeah. fascinated to see how it turns out. If you yeah, so, also, if you yeah. were. To name the successor for uh, Harrison Ford, if they were to keep making Indiana Jones movies, quote unquote, who who would you who would you say? Adam? I wouldn't. You wouldn't. I, I actually wouldn't. I right. wouldn't. I
2: I, I think, um, and this goes to a larger conversation, but I think there is something to be said about stories that end. Right. Um, and mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. and I say this as someone like who will eat up any Star Wars story and has told, <laughs> and with the llama, like I've told a lot of stories um but uh and I'm, I have a few more still left in me. but like at the same time, it's like there's something to be said about finality. Mm-hmm. There's something mm-hmm. to be said like, um, like that like the while it's not perfect, my favorite part about no time to die is that they killed off. Uh, James Bond spoilers that I say after the fact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but like uh, I, I loved that. Like the movie wasn't perfect, but I'm like you, you committed. Yeah, yeah. And this story is mm-hmm. over, and I, I really hope that if there is uh, that this fifth Indiana Jones film is the last one, and if we do get any more Indiana Jones stories, they are either novels or audio dramas or right. uh mm-hmm. like video games that are like basically Harrison Ford um mm-hmm. and like set in within his time period but like I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to see anyone to be recast as mm-hmm. Indiana Jones um mm-hmm.
1: you want to be somebody else in I, yeah like, yeah.
2: I, yeah like give me give me another like uh, apparently it's not that give- good I haven't seen it like a better un- uncharted like you know right. give me a better mm-hmm. Uh, or a completely new character, I'd much rather yeah, Give me yeah, Wisconsin make, Adams. Make something different. Yes. <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin Adams. Adams. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I, I, that's really good. That's actually a really good name, too. <laughs> Wisconsin <laughs> Adams. Adams.
0: Because, yeah, like, it's oh. this... And I
1: was thinking the other day, too... He has to wear chaps at that point. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: But I was thinking about, like, the attitude that Harrison Ford has as a movie star...
1: It's yeah. so funny. Where he just seems. Stop making him be in movies. He,
0: seems, he just seems so visibly unhappy all the time. And, like, yeah. I don't know if there is a reasonable replacement for somebody who could bring that same energy to a movie like Harrison Ford does. Oh, the only man. thing I can think of is, like, Ben Affleck, maybe. Like, somebody maybe. else who just looks grumpy all the time despite being a movie time. star. Like,.
1: Yeah, It just feels like yeah. something we've
0: lost I don't know if we have that same energy anymore I don't know if we like that you go,
1: Harrison Ford is just so funny Like even back like in the first Star Wars He was like I'm a carpenter And George Lucas was like please be in my movie <laughs> Like that kind of stuff It's just like I've never felt like he wants to be here And he's just no, like yeah. stuck around the whole time <laughs> it,
2: I think that's the biggest thing with Harrison Ford For better or for worse yeah. Is that where <laughs> for everyone else acting is a goal for him. It is literally a day job. <laughs> yeah. <It is>. Yeah. <laughs> like we had a discussion at work about this one series that I'm pretty, produ- uh, I'm directing. Um And I was like, you know, we can't use this for everybody because this is at least this, these kinds of questions for everybody, because you know, the idea behind is like the, the craft and the thinking behind acting uh, you get a guy like Harrison Ford in, he's like, it was in the script right why did you make this choice because that's what the script said Um, so uh, what how did you get your character like well the character was supposed to do this so it did that yeah cool like yeah (laughs) yeah so that's the biggest thing like you have to remember like yeah with Harrison Ford it's a it's a job and he is very happy to get paid and that's the magic of it Like, yeah. Yeah. somehow
0: it works. Somehow that's incredible. Like, just like, I w- and yeah. the United States for 30 years was like, we're going to go see him save the president yeah. or whatever three times a year. Like, we're, we're, we're here for it.
2: Yep. <laughs> Great a, stuff. Yeah. God. What a lucky guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and just stumble backwards into it.
1: I wish I could do something that I was good at for a lot of money, and then just be like turn my brain off at the end of the day. Be like, I don't have to think about this anymore. I can think about woodworking.
0: So uh, as as we start to wrap up, I think do we have any final thoughts? I mean, we we sort of spun out a little bit, like not as much actual Crystal Skull talk, but like
3: I think, like (laughs) conceptually, yeah,
0: this movie. I think like I think a lot of people get really hung up on some of the things that don't matter as much. I think that, like, you know... I mean, I don't know. I'll admit, I kind of have a little bit of an issue with Kate Blanchett in this movie. I think she is not quite big enough. I don't think she is as big as I want her to be. It's a strange performance.
1: Fair fair Uh, fair
2: assessment. And I
0: think that's a big... At least for me, when it comes to, like, things I brushed up against, that was a biggie for me. But I also think, like, this is as much... The the best way I can think of, like, even, like, a a lower-tier Spielberg movie, whenever I walk out of a Spielberg movie... I'm just like, what a, what a, what a picture. Like that is like such, yeah, like Like, I got, I get it. Like this guy knows what he's fucking doing. And like, I think all of the action sequences in this movie are so great. And like, they really are. Especially in, like, the time we live right now where it's, like, every action sequence in a Marvel movie is, like, storyboarded three years ago and, like, just done in front of a green screen, like, all these bits. Like, the bit where John Hurt, like, puts the skull down in front of the ants and makes this, like, ring of ants. Yeah. Yeah. And you just saw this guy get, like, skeletonized by ants a second ago. Yeah. So you got the two of them, like, fighting in this, like, ring of ants, I think is so incredible. And, like, this movie, like, delivers on that, like, over and over and over and over again. And, like, that's the most important thing to me. I mean, it's got, like, a lot of other, like, interesting decisions going on. And, like, you know, maybe the aliens are a little weird. Maybe not every performance is my favorite. (laughs) But, like, the amount that it was, like, just totally dismissed and derided for so long, like, just didn't... I, this movie was not what I was expecting at all. I was expecting a nightmare disaster, and I was like, "Right, mm-hmm. right. This, this is just good. Like, it's not perfect, but like yeah. this rules. Yeah. Like, Shia LaBeouf fencing it's to a- somebody, getting nailed in the nuts by cactuses over and over again. Yeah, like,
1: it's yeah, a fun, yeah. Time like, yeah. It's yeah. fun
2: time with the movies. Like, it's an imperfect but fun time at the movies.
1: It's a popcorn, a popcorn. Yeah, friend. yeah. And I mean I think. It's the biggest to me, but him, like, getting into the fridge as it, like, counts down to zero is, like, the coolest thing. So I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. It's so funny, and the fact that they're like, the fridge is lined with lead, so he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And then the yeah. house just, like, explodes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I don't think so. And he's fine. It's just, it's so, it's so good. I mean, I love, I love looking at, time periods like that like I love just like looking at the 50s and being like this was really weird we were all in a really weird mindset we like as a society just got like a lot of money and solved a really big problem so we just like didn't know what to do anymore and we did a lot of really weird things (laughs) so to like look at, like, alien... Like, that's what we've been talking about the whole time. Like, with, like, the aliens and the Soviet Union and, like, nuclear power and how scary and how weird that was. Like, I love looking at stuff like that. So that scene where there's just a bunch of terrifying mannequins and then it goes into a fridge to escape a nuclear blast. I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and I love... I love when we get let women be older on screen. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. loved Marilyn. I love that she was old and beautiful and got to be there. It did feel... She got to do a lot of fun things and like, the chase scenes and stuff. It did feel like she was literally just a walking plot point of, mm-hmm. like, I had a baby and I'm here now. Yeah. Like, that's what she felt like. So, like, I loved having her there. I thought she did a lot of things. I like that she's just, like, grinning the entire time yeah. that she does anything. <laughs> just with just, like, this there. little, like, shit-eating grin. I think I love it. Like, I love that she's there. I don't know why she's there, though. <laughs> but, yeah, just, like... Obviously, this movie is tons of fun. It's a perfect like popcorn movie, and it was not. It was shit on too much for no reason, and like yeah, I think it really delivers on the staples that it promises, but also has a heart and does what it wants to do and tells the story that it wants to. So yeah, I think it's. I think it's a great flick.
2: Well, that makes me happy to hear. (laughs) I, I, I mean, my 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 feelings for the film, like as imperfect as I think it is, uh, having rewatched it relatively recently, I. it has such an important place in my heart. Um, mm-hmm. I've already mentioned like the it, how like I felt very like relationship with my father, being seeing that on screen, mm-hmm. um, all these little things that I grew up with, like seeing those uh, evolve. But also, I just love the idea of, uh, to your point, seeing heroes age. I think yeah. that's something that's mm-hmm. really cool. I think it's, you know, it's a fun popcorn film. I think it's, it's just cool to go on an adventure again with Indiana Jones, and I'd much yeah. rather. <laughs> I'd much rather a mediocre Indiana Jones film over a great Marvel film any day because it's just (laughs) like it's just so much fun being with this character he's so unique and so um unparalleled like there's no one like him like every everything like they try to do from like Chris Pratt in Jurassic World and all these Mm -hmm. other various things that um we've seen since like even Uncharted and you know, Tomb Raider, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, they're all in Indiana Jones's shadow. Right. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, I I think that the entire franchise is, um, exemplifies what uh, Lucas and Spielberg were really good at. um, And I don't really think anyone else has been able to uh, mimic, which is like, they said, we love these things growing up. We love these movie series. We love these ideas. We love these kinds of characters. How can Mm -hmm. we make it, true for kids today right? and mm-hmm. they and they did it and and like there's a reason why you know you can like we still talk about indiana jones you know
3: mm-hmm.
2: basically 40 years later um there, mm-hmm. there's a reason 40 yeah 40 year over 40 years later mm-hmm. we're still looking forward to another indiana jones film uh because there's just no one like it and yeah. i i will defend this film to the end of the like even with all this like the caveats I will it's just you know worst thing you can say about this film like I mean like I'll put it this way like you got four Indiana Jones movies so far (laughs) that's 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 four films with this amazing hero and yeah it's uh it's just a great time I just I I love it (laughs) well so would you guys like to hear the way we end this
0: podcast we like to pull up a uh uh, a review from a website, oh, dear. Uh, a five star or a or a, or a one star <laughs> of the movie,
1: review, not just of the movie.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I did foolishly lose it. Mm. Uh, here we go. Okay, so would you guys like to hear a five star review of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from Letterbox.com? Yes, I please. Would. So this person gives the movie five stars, and they say, "It's a damn good movie." It's about time India Jones got a son. Yeah, good times.
1: <laughs> he deserves one as go. a treat.
0: <laughs> yeah. You finally got Let's one. Let's be
1: bad. Have You're gonna son. You have a son as a
0: treat. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray.
1: My name is Adelaide McMurray. And, and this, I'm Adam Lance Garcia. There we go. Yeah. McMurray. And this has been yeah. the
0: Cool Takes Podcast. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you here next week talking about New Moon. With Keija and her sister, Maddie Rhodes.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs)
0: Oh,
2: dear. (laughs) It'll be a good one. Yeah, you'll want
1: to hear that defense. It'll be (laughs) a Yeah, yeah, that's going to be an
2: interesting one.
1: (laughs) Thank you guys. That'll be a podcast that has a villain. There wasn't a villain today, but sometimes there's a villain. (laughs) (laughs)